0: Earth. It's Space Radio. I'm Paul Sutter, astrophysicist at Stony Brook University and the Flatiron Institute. And for the next half hour, your Agents of the Stars. i got an exciting show for you today where we have a very special, and I do mean special, guest. It will blow your mind to have this much baldness on the show. This show lives on listener questions. Hey, no laughing until I introduce you. Hey, 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 All you're right. supposed to stay in your corner. <laughs> Until I let you out,
1: uh, I like the every... control. Well,
0: yeah. you know what? Okay, you know what? This show is off. No, the rails. please continue. You know, I was gonna. Nancy wrote up a very glowing introduction of you, and now you're just gonna get Fraser Cain, um, man lost in the wilderness. <laughs> 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 no, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do you right. I'm gonna do you right. So right. you're you're people can see you. Just so you know. But we record every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern here in Spaceman Studios in New York City. To get your questions on the air, you need to drop a voicemail. Go to spaceradioshow.com. You can also join the Space Cadets tuning in live from around the world, including, but not limited to, Mount Everest. I do not believe that. Hobart, Australia, Washington, D.C., Bristol, Indiana, Casablanca, Morocco, Pell City, Alabama, Bromsgrove, U.K., Bromsgrove. Europe, very specific, Howell, New Jersey, Hall, England, Tucson, Arizona, and more. Hello from the Mariana, you just can't pick the extremes. Now, I have a guest who has already introduced himself, but I'm going to introduce him. And everyone thinks that's a green screen, Fraser, by the way. The whole chat is convinced it's a green screen. No, it's the real deal, unless he has one of those fancy 360 sets. Um, But I don't think he has the budget for that. Fraser Cain is the publisher of Universe Today, which he founded in 1999. That is like the Dark Ages. This is a medieval institution. It's like the University of Paris and the Catholic Church right here and right up there with it is Universe Today. He is, has to be one of the busiest science communicators I know. In addition to publishing daily content for University Day, each week he hosts the Weekly Space Hangout, Open Space, co-hosts Astronomy Cast with Dr. Pamela Gay. As a bonus for his Open Space audience, Fraser routinely and randomly interviews scientists, authors, and other individuals of interest. Previously hosted... The Fraser hosted the long-running Guide to Space series and and he continually looks for innovative ways to leverage the internet in order to deliver quality science content into people's hands and minds. Fraser lives on Vancouver Island, Canada with his wife, children, dog, and more Douglas furs than he can count. Fraser, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Paul. Good Good to see you again.
0: So you told me before the show you are on starlink this is a starlink Mm -hmm. thing right
1: now yep yep this is the first time i've attempted to use my starlink for like any high bandwidth issue so people are gonna have to tell us if this works because my entire future career as a streamer depends on this working okay so far if if, have it as a draw like i'm out of a job like if i can't make this go if Musk lets me down, then I have to go back to square one. So,
0: so that's a good question. Is Musk letting you down? How is Starlink? Is Starlink the future? And what are we going to do about this whole ruining astronomy thing?
1: Well, so okay, uh, so you're you guys are going to have to tell me if Musk is letting me down. I mean, so far I don't think I haven't lost connection with you in the 15 minutes or so that we've been we've been hanging out. What does it hold for the future of astronomy? I mean, I mean, Starlink's a big problem. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It is it is definitely, you know, for, for regular people who want to go in and look out at the night sky and not see this grid of lights, don't worry. You're not going to be able to see that. Even in the darkest skies, you're not going to be able to see Starlinks with your unaided eye. But the astronomers, especially the ones who are working with the big observatories, the the in the Vera Rubin Observatory and so on, you know, they're going to have a degraded astronomy experience, because of all of these mega constellations that are going up. And when you think about the potential benefit, I mean, obviously, you know, me being able to live in the middle of a Canadian forest is a benefit. But when you think about around the world, the half the population of planet Earth that doesn't have access to the internet, this is going to be the way that they get online for a reasonable expense compared to what it would ha- take to run fiber optic cable for hundred kilometers to a small town in Australia. So, so weighing that the mistake, I think was just not bringing in the astronomy community early on and working with them to mitigate and come up with solutions. Like, like there should have been way more conversation. There should have been years of talks, years of discussion, compromise before these things launched to try to solve the problems. And now it's, you know, it's this whole problem. These There's 1,700 of them up there right now. Uh, and and now they're going to have to try and reel them back in.
0: Yeah, so but, it, but it, it seems like, like pretty me. obvious. Like, you're, you're putting something up in space and putting a lot of shiny things in space. This might irritate the astronomers. Did no one in yeah, SpaceX, yeah. like, think of that?
1: Right. Well, and I, and I think that, like is it more important for the rest of humanity to get internet than for astronomers to have a perfectly pristine night sky and i think the answer is yes and so and so that but that depends on musk fulfilling that and spacex fulfilling that promise of giving people internet and that is still unknown i mean obviously here i am i'm I'm, i've got internet and i can imagine if it wasn't my trailer in the middle of the forest and it was actually a a a community center in the middle of a small town in Australia, suddenly they're able to give internet access to a a large area that could never have access before. So, so I think that, that you have to have, on the one hand, you got this betterment of humanity matched with all of the downsides. And I feel like the time should have been spent to mitigate those issues and, and astronomers end up holding the short end of the stick on this one.
0: Yeah, it, it really is a shame because now it appears to be this massively polarized issue where you either pick Starlink and internet access for the entire world, or you pick a bunch of nerdy astronomers with their telescopes. And yeah. surely, surely, it's it's twenty twenty one, folks. Surely, we 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 have fancy stuff. We figured out problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can yeah. solve. We can have both. We can have
1: both. Uh, you you. We could brainstorm a bunch of solutions right here that i'm sure would get us halfway there that like for example just how um the broadcasters used to get access to the public airways but they had to provide certain amount of value to to get out public messaging what if every mega constellation that wants to go up also has to provide a certain amount of space telescope access to astronomers to compensate for the loss of of the ground-based observatories that they're losing because it's not 100 percent. they're going to lose it's going to be a degradation what about spending more time mitigation what about figuring out perfect orbit so that the so that the satellites don't fly overhead of the big observatory centers in chile and 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 Mauna Kea and things like that so i i'm sure people could have come up with better solutions but it's <clears throat> unfortunately again now we're just you know it's it's too late these things are is up it there. too
0: late for any of these solutions is starlink and one web no. and all the others no, are... no no
1: no no it's not too late no. Yeah, I mean, the great thing is they're so low. I mean, I mean, I think people are always so freaked out about how many of the satellites there are and how, how they're so low in, in orbit, but actually low is good. Low is, is, is degrades quickly. You launch a Starlink up and if you don't continuously thrust it, it will return to the, it'll burn up in the atmosphere within a couple of years at the most. While there are satellites that are at a thousand kilometers and higher, that are going to be up there for decades, even centuries. And so there's no getting them back. And so I actually think that that this low Earth orbit zone is the place where we, is. I would be happy to see only satellites launch into low Earth orbit. And not into higher orbits, because low Earth orbit, if you've made a mistake, if there's impacts, they all just crash back down into the atmosphere and they disappear. So, yeah, that's that's that would be my preference. I'd be interested to see, you know, could we have weather satellites? Could we have communication satellites? Could we have GPS? Could we fulfill, you know, Earth-observing satellites? Have them all be low Earth orbit, but then just be really careful about where they orbit so that you can mitigate their impact on astronomers
0: you're here, where do I sign the petition?
1: I don't, I, I don't, I this is, this is the government now trying to have going to have to figure this out. And you know, even if Starlink gets its wrist slapped and says, it can't do it and it has to shut down. And in two years, they all crash into the earth. China is going to be building its mega constellation. Russia's building a mega constellation. The Europeans like this is happening. And so now the question is how do we get along together?
0: And I'm not gonna again. I'm not gonna. That's what we do.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm. I totally get that astronomers are furious, and and I think that it's it's an outrage that the companies didn't listen to them before just launching.
0: But it's also a sign. I've seen public comments about this of how. Like everyone's like, okay, so astronomers lose out. Like, what are they doing anyway? And so (laughs) this is potentially, this was a failure of science, basic science communication of communicating the value of fundamental research and fundamental science where people didn't say, oh, I automatically recognize and understand the value that fundamental astronomy provides to my life and our civilization as a whole. That is something worth preserving. Now we have to go out and argue that case. Yes as the as the rockets are going up
1: and there's two i mean there's 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 two sides to it i mean there's obviously there is an actual practical use for time domain astronomy which is hunting for asteroids hunting for the killer space rocks that could ruin our our lives and the worse astronomy gets then the harder and harder it is to find those space rocks moving because you've got a, a a satellite trail running right through the 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 asteroid in your image, Oops. but oops. Yeah. Yeah. We would have seen it, but it turns out there was a, a satellite trail running through it. And so we weren't able to spot it. Um, and, and I think, you know, obviously that's a practical, but it is kind of a stretch. Like the number of times that we're likely to be hit by the killer asteroid is fairly low. And so I think that, that, that argument isn't very strong. I think the argument that is the strongest is that basic research is important and And we don't know what basic, in terms of high energy physics, in terms of particle physics, in terms of biology. And yet, when we look at what happened with the coronavirus, we suddenly were able to take advantage of this brand new technology, the mRNA vaccine methodology, to stop, theoretically, a a virus in its tracks. And it took 20 years. And suddenly, this this virus comes along and it's, and it's ready to go. And this and it wouldn't have happened without the basic research. And so the argument should always just be that basic research is important and it should always have a seat at the table and, and not be, you know, you should never get, go down that slippery slope of saying, yeah, but like, what have you done for me lately? What, what practical benefit am I going to get from this weird basic research that you're doing? the answer should always be we don't know but it's important and it's cool and it could turn into something like lasers
0: yeah space lasers maybe maybe we could throw starlink satellites at the incoming asteroid to try to deflect it like well but then someone should be doing basic yeah
1: yeah turn a laser on every starlink
0: more lasers in space that's what we need because we need them for these light sail spacecraft mm-hmm. we need yeah. them for communication. we just need lasers everywhere I, lasers are the future and, and there isn't a problem that a laser can't solve honestly
1: no no and and we wouldn't have lasers if someone hadn't just said i wonder what happens when i shoot light in a coherent fashion what what happens yeah, if i can make and,
0: extra light
1: <laughs>
0: yeah was, yeah yeah it was yeah. a fun and it took- nerdy geeky physics experiment
1: Exactly, until someone said, Hey, you know, we there's maybe some practical uses for this.
0: Yeah, speaking of not practical uses, James Webb over under on it actually launching this year. What are it's,
1: gonna go launch. it's gonna you launch. They, it's gonna they, launch. You think it's they, gonna launch?
0: you they're, think it's happening?
1: They're shipping they're shipping the upper stage. I just saw yesterday, they're shipping the upper stage to the launch site. James Webb is packed up, ready to go. Um there's the tricky issue of whether or not the, the fairing separation is going to work properly. That's still, you know, an issue, a right. concern, because it hasn't worked for a couple of recent rockets. But I, I think they're going to sort that out in time, and I don't think there's going to be any more delays. I think it's going to launch. It's not going to launch October 31st, but I'll bet you it's going to launch 15th. That's my guess.
0: You cut out right when you you gave the, the Star Lake all that were Yeah, yeah. What does December. Musk not want us to so I want you to blink your eyes,
1: okay, to tell us the date. Yeah, yeah I'm so I'm guessing December fifteenth. That's my guess.
0: December fifteenth, folks. That's the day, twenty twenty one. The year of the James Webb Space Telescope coming yeah. up on the launch pad. It is here. <laughs> oh is god! Oh,
1: no. here. <laughs> Don't even say it. Oh, <laughs> so, so horrible! Money. I'm
0: so mean. I'm so yeah. mean. There have been so many, and and I, I'm, you know, I'm not connected to a lot of James Webb research except some of the the first stars, uh, cosmic dawn stuff. But the next big space telescope. The Nancy Grace Roman Telescope. I do have a lot of friends who have spent years designing surveys, getting the software ready, doing simulations for the. And we they have to wait for James Webb to go up before they get a launch slot. And so, but but I mean, but a
1: mission at you know perfectly according to schedule. Like Nancy Grace Roman is the opposite of James Webb.
0: Yeah, because we were handed a fully functioning telescope, and it's simple. Sure, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a instrument. Hubble. It's another Hubble. That's yeah. what it is.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So it's way simpler. It's way. It's it, we were handed to it by you know some secret agency was like, hey, you want some extra telescopes? we like, oh, oh, yeah. no, but yeah. yes. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah.
1: But there's no un- no fancy unfolding, no like it's just just stick it in a, in a rocket. Ferry it in a soup, and send it space. Pack it up with yeah. the
0: those packing peanuts and get it out there. Yeah. way it goes. Mm-hmm. And
1: but all the instruments, yeah. I'm pretty excited about it.
0: Yes. What what the heck is going on with Boeing?
1: Well, I I mean, I don't know. I mean, we saw Starliner sitting on the launch platform uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they were ready to finally have their big comeback after uh, all of the issues they had with their first launch, failing to actually get up to the International Space Station. And they had a giant laundry list of things to fix and had believed that they had fixed all of these problems. And then Starliner was on the the launch site, and then we had this issue with the Russian science module uh, accidentally mm. flipping the International Space Station over a couple of times,
0: yeah, that was uh, which
1: caused a bit of a yeah, which caused a bit of a flight delay. Allowed them to do a little more time to do some tests on Starliner to be prepared, and NASA scrubbed the launch, and and there was something like thirteen valves that opened up at incorrect times, so clearly that rocket is not 13
0: more problems than you want
1: yeah yeah and so you know clearly this is they're gonna have to go back and look through what's going on with starliner step by step um and who knows if it'll even launch by the end of the year speaking speaking of things that may not launch by the end of the year so yeah it's and and spacex is now about to run their first private launch of of the dragon capsule but the Crew Dragon, for. yeah. Yeah. So they're going to send, for. so they've already done two launches with Crew Dragon. They're going to send a private launch. There's many more launches coming up with, with Crew Dragon. So they're really running away with it. So at this point, Boeing has got to really demonstrate that they can, you know, come up with, solve these hardware problems and make this thing fly. I, I don't think that they will be canceled, though. I think the original you think they Insight. Will yeah, well, I think the original insight was really solid, which was have some competition, have multiple providers, don't be stuck to one way to get to space. So if there's if there's some problem with SpaceX, you can fly with Boeing, and if it's a problem with Boeing, you can fly with SpaceX. And you're, you know, you, they've got the Cygnus um, cargo vessels going up, and there's mm-hmm. other ideas as well. So I, I think, and I'm sure once Starship starts to fly, I'm sure. Eventually, Blue Origin will try to offer up some kind of solution to go to space as well. So, so I think it makes sense to even if Boeing is having trouble, it makes sense from NASA's leadership side to, to just keep, keep them in the game. And, you know, it's going to take them more time, but eventually they'll be able to fly and you'll have a way to get humans to space via multiple methods. And I think that's the safe way to go.
0: It, it definitely is uh, speaking of all this this private space flight let's say tomorrow Elon Musk announces that Ingenuity 4 is going to be Ingenuity 5 and you go out to your local wilderness grocery store and you buy a, a, a Musca bar and you open it mm-hmm. up and there's the golden ticket so Fraser Kane is right. invited yeah. to Ingenuity 5
1: are you going on that ride? oh see normally I say no but now there's been, like, a couple of flights on the Crew Dragon. The International Space Station has been inhabited for a long time. There's lots of rescue vehicles. I think I do. I'm only in space for, like, a week. Yes. Yeah, I think I, I, think I do that flight. You know, like, if it's, like, the Mars trip, I, it's, like, no way. Not a chance.
0: I mean, technically, pieces of you will end up on Mars, like, more likely than not but just not right all of but even so like two samples. years
1: yeah two years space radiation no thanks i'm out yeah and to, go to, desert, so, to go to a desert to go to a cold do, vacuum desert five would you do virgin galactic
0: would you someone gave you a free ticket would you do that one
1: uh yeah i think so i think so you know it's like a it's like an afternoon of your time yeah that would be i'd be down with that again all i think right. i want to see a few more flights if you see more few more safety going on yeah. but i like like Earth is the best. And and the moon like I would go to the moon if I could go there for a week. And I would go to Mars if I could go there for a week, but you can't go to Mars for a week. You have to go for 2 years. Yeah, you don't get that. So choice. you don't get that choice. And so Mars is Mars is would be interesting, but it's this cold vacuum desert of just red sand. Like I you can see
0: there. What's the yeah. appeal?
1: Yeah. I don't get it. I'm mean, gonna get it. it. I get it it's the frontier. like that's that's what it is is that people want to test themselves on the forge of space exploration to go to a place where where their survival is not assured and they're having to grow potatoes out of their poop.
0: Yeah, but just like Utah.
1: Yeah, but I think that, that that there are places here on Earth where you can test yourself to the absolute limit. I I literally live on the island where they film that Alone TV show. So yeah. you know, if you want, and you if you want alone. to try, You
0: looks totally alone.
1: I know. If you want to try struggling in the on Vancouver Island's forest uh, and see what you're made out of, this island breaks people who don't have meat, legs.
0: which is uh, bears' favorite yeah. food.
1: I do. I do have bears on my property. Yeah. Um, so I, so that's, I think that, that when people are really excited to go and explore or go live on a place like Mars, I think it's really important to kind of interrogate. Where's that coming from? What's that about? You know, is it that you just want the challenge? Is it just that you're excited? Now, Are you excited because that's what Star Trek told you to be excited? Cause Star Trek is a lie, right? Wait what? Star Trek deal, you know, warp drives and teleporters what? and so on. Yeah, I know, I know, and so I, <laughs> I know, and so I, I, I really think that that there will be a science station on Mars. There will be a science station on the moon. It'll happen within our lifetimes. And There will be a permanent inhabitants on the moon, Mars, a couple of asteroids, in space stations for a long time. But I really don't think that people want to live on mars as much as they think they want to live on mars
0: yeah i i feel like there's going to be a lot of people who get to mars and say oh there's no air and <laughs> i feel funny yeah. and
1: yeah. i want to go outside yeah but you can't because the radiation in fact we just and ran a story on you today that now looks like greenhouses won't work on mars because of the cosmic radiation oh you
0: dang cosmic radiation
1: yeah who's getting yeah. up in so, there Yeah. So, so in other words, if you just have like a glass greenhouse with your plants growing inside of it, the cosmic rays will be blasting your plant's DNA apart faster than it can, can function. And so your plants have to live underground. So, so you've got to dig tunnels, stick your plants in your tunnels, you get down inside your tunnels with your plants and you just like, this is your life now.
0: You just say, this is your life. This is your mole, a Martian mole
1: person. A Martian mole person. You know, (sighs) by helping humanity get its, spread its eggs out of one basket. Yeah.
0: Mm, that's, That's not a great basket though.
1: No, no. I mean, like being able to sit in your Martian greenhouse, look out over the desolate Martian expanse and see the green growing food all around you. That was like the one last thing that it had going for it. But now... You know, you sit in your greenhouse as your plants are just getting a, torn apart at the atomic level by cosmic rays. Just just make you cry.
0: <sighs>
1: we do our best. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. And we really so, so kill. So, what,
0: what, what I, is the future of space over the next few decades? You think in our lifetimes there are going to be permanent bases, mm-hmm. like how we have Antarctica bases where we're rotating people yeah, in and I, out. On Moon and Antarctica Mars. Antarctica
1: base, the International Space Station, I think that is the is the perfect analog for what the future is going to look like until space becomes trivialized. So there will be some time in the future, a hundred years from now, two hundred years from now, when we've got compact solid hydrogen uh pellets that we put into our spacecraft that allow us to fly around this solar system no problem when we've mastered all kinds of closed environmental ecosystems and there will be this tipping point when it does make sense when in fact launching an orbital colony and living up there makes as much sense as living down on planet earth but that's a long way off and yeah, i think I it's in antarctica the
0: space cadets is bringing up i don't see people flocking to live in the sahara like if we yeah. can trivialize space we can trivialize the middle of a desert or the middle of antarctica or or underwater uh, cities uh oh uh oh we lost you. phrase okay sorry um, there you are
1: yeah okay i'm back i'm back yeah so so yeah i th- i think that uh Antarctica is the exact analog that that a future lunar base, a future Mars base will look exactly like Antarctica, that there will be people, there will be more and more infrastructure built up in that location, people will fly in with supplies at enormous expense, and do really useful and fascinating science, and we will all be gripped by what they discover, it's going to be wonderful.
0: I'm gripped. You know what else is gripping? the end of this show which we, I, isn't that a short show fraser i have one last question for you
1: yeah yeah what
0: is your favorite kind of cheese
1: smoked gruyere
0: smoked gruyere that's a lovely selection i do not have a smoked gruyere do you want to stick around while i eat i eat some cheese
1: sure yeah
0: fraser, should, should where I, should, can people where can what, people find what do you, you have Oh, I'll share with you. But first, where can people find
1: me? In the middle of the Canadian forest uh, is where they can find me. No, obviously, Universe Today. uh, So I will be returning to regular broadcasts from from Universe Today headquarters in the next probably month or so, so in September. And uh, people will be able to enjoy the trials and tribulations as I... As I attempt to uh, run my, my broadcasting studio out of the back of a trailer. And go to university.com, sign up for my newsletter, get the podcast, and hopefully things will go smoothly until I'm cut like a proper studio build.
0: All right. I can't wait. I can't wait. How long is that going
1: to take? Yeah. Probably about four months. So I'm, I'm staring at an excavator right now, and we plan to break ground in the next probably week to build the actual shop studio
0: best of luck with that thank oh, you sir but I'm, I'm opening up this cheese this cheese you can stick around for this this is gonna be fun Fraser. <laughs> um yeah our cheese as everyone knows our cheese is brought to you and me mostly me because <laughs> it's right here in front of me by dom's cheese d-o-m-s cheese.com they do deliver they do ship You just got to write them an email. They're the, they're like, they're fantastic. They're passionate about cheese. You think I'm passionate about cheese. I'm just an enthusiastic amateur. These are professionals. (laughs) All right. These are, I cannot believe
1: that you got a cheese sponsor.
0: (laughs) Dream come true. Dream come true right here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Today's cheese brought to us by Dom. Cheese. these guys. These are like the, the, the PhD astrophysicists of cheese. And they give me cheese for every show. Today's is a tegel. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. Look at that. Mm, that looks good. This translates to brick in Swedish. We've got a Swedish cow's milk cheese here. It's produced by Brook, an organic farm situated on the picturesque west coast of the second largest lake in Sweden. That's One way to describe it goes back to the 18th century estate was home to a brick factory, 400 Holstein cows, their milk gets sucked out of them and pumped into a copper vat. Yeah. The curd is cut with rotating harps. I guess it's not a musical harp. That'd be better though. That'd be cooler that would be way cooler and it's like making this wonderful sound. Uh this flavor of tegel becomes increasingly rich and complex as it ages with a saltiness and a prickliness on the tongue balanced by sweetness, caramel, and a hint of grass. hint of grass. Pair it with Chardonnay, a Riesling, a hard cider or a Bach beer or just eat it straight. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Oh. I I get that prickliness. Mhm. It's a little pinchy. prickliness. Mm-hmm. It's a little feisty going down. Like mm. it's, 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 it's not just getting mellow out. Like some cheeses are like, okay, I'm being digested. This one's going down with a fight. Mm-hmm. It's in a corner. It's got some claws to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Now I've, I've heard, I don't know if you've been following this, but people have figured out how to make cheese without the cow. You've been. Would you eat that? Yeah, you on get your way the, to Mars? you
0: you get the sheep or the goat.
1: Or no, 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 like a bacterial right. like if you're going to way to, to teach bacteria how to make milk proteins.
0: You know what, we spent so much time wondering if we could do it. Yeah. We didn't stop to ask if we should do it.
1: So that's a this no. Is, no one on, that's a hard on no. your on it, it's so just on not your, cheese anymore. Listen. On your trip to, in, on your trip to inspiration on on inspiration 5 when they pass out the cheese tray in zero gravity Uh-huh. and they say, Oh, by the way, this was, this was produced by uh, fermented bacterial cultures. Uh, no cow ever involved. You're going that's a hard pass.
0: I'll ask, where's the button that sends this into the atmosphere where it can burn up?
1: Right. Okay.
0: All right. It's going straight to the sun. You want, you know, no, that's, it's going into the deep void. No, I don't want to go to the deep void of space because I don't, I don't want some alien to discover it 15 million years from now and think that this is how we made cheese. This is not representative of our species. It, you are burning up in the sun and you are not <laughs> going to leave a chemical spectroscopic fingerprint. Yeah. So or are you made by a cow, no trace, sheep or goat? No trace of this abomination. You will be wiped from the galactic memory.
1: What about cheese from like another kind of mammal.
0: I don't like these questions, Fraser. They're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. That's right. This is your show. I'm not. I'm not the one
0: who's supposed <laughs> to ask you questions. You're supposed to ask me uncomfortable questions. That's right. You can ask. You ask me cheese questions. A cheese is like. Oh, I love a good goat's milk, sheep's milk, buffalo milk. Yeah. Uh, I haven't tried cat milk cheese, but I presume it is. Someone's eating it somewhere in the world.
1: Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Horse cheese. I'm sure that exists.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yak yeah. milk,
1: yeah, yeah. You make yeah. yak cheese milk. I'm sure. make, is yeah. Yak Yeah, yeah. You turn it into cheese. Yakert, probably. Yeah, it must be.
0: Hmm. I don't want. I don't want to find out. Fraser, thank you so much for joining us. I'm. I'm going to hang you up. Thank
1: you for helping me test my uh, my Starlink.
0: Great all job, Starlink. Good job, Musk. Sorry, um, way to ruin all of modern astronomy. But but yay for Fraser being able to live stream from the middle of the woods. Exactly. All right. Uh, Oh, wow. That was fun. It's always fun. And this is a fantastic cheese. Thank you so much to Dom's cheese, D O M S cheese.com space cadets. Before we go, I got to tell you something just you and me. Are you sitting down (sighs) next September, which is next month? It's going to be our four year anniversary of this show. I started it in September of 2017. On WCBE Radio in Columbus, Ohio. When I was still living in Columbus, it was just a little fun radio show on public radio. September 23rd is going to be our last episode of Space Radio. It has been a truly, truly awesome adventure. We have a lot of cool guests and shows lined up. Uh, Until the 23rd, we've got... Nancy, tell them who we got. I don't remember because Nancy lined them up. I shouldn't say we; it's all Nancy. Uh, and then the last episode, I'm just gonna I'm gonna answer questions until there are no more questions left, because because that's what we got to do. But listen, I just wanted to give you a little warning. There's gonna be some more news on on, on social media about some new projects that I'm up to that I'm uh, creating some time for. Really, space radio has been a blast. The space cadets have been amazing. You guys are the best fans in the world. I'm, I hope to see you on other platforms and other shows uh, as we move forward. But it was just, I was just over the summer, I, d- I did a lot of thinking. It was just time for this show uh, to be over. It did its thing. It was a wonderful experiment. And it's time to to try some other stuff in this wonderful world of science, communication, and outreach. Christian Reddy. On September 16th. Thank you, Nancy, so much. And and yeah, I won't be around next week for Space Radio, but we'll be back after that and we'll get some good episodes. I'm not moving to Canada. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm staying right here near the New York City metropolitan area. Anyway, we got to go. I just wanted to give you a heads up. I just wanted to give you a heads up. Thank you for grabbing those books, Disillusioned. I'm... They're on their way. By the way, I I autograph them. If you ask for an autograph copy, they are on their way, and there are more autograph copies available. And actually, yes, Jim, uh, he's it's my way of saying running out of cheese. Actually, Dom's cheese. They are running out of cheeses. I think there's going to be exactly enough to to do all the cheeses that they sell currently without any repeats. I think we're we're going to be like within one or two cheeses of that. Uh, yes, you can get it off Amazon, or you can get my autographed books, How to Die in Space, Your Place in the Universe, from my website, pmsutter.com slash book. That is what you'll you'll get. There's another book coming out next year, but I, I can't talk about that yet. But again, follow me on social media for all for all the news and the updates and all the latest projects. Once again, I'm Paul Sutter. The show is brought to you by you. Please go to patreon.com slash pmsutter to keep... This show going for another month, but then my other work, Ask a Space Band, which will live forever, probably. I will not stop doing that. Thank you, Nancy, for reminding me to say that. And yes, I just filmed another season of How the Universe Works, which will be out in spring of 2022, winter, spring 2022. Uh, And Ask a Spaceman, two episodes every month. You can go to Patreon.com to keep that show going. Uh, YouTube is going to stay alive. The podcast is going to stay alive. Lots of things are going to keep going. Don't worry, I'm not disappearing. You can't get rid of me that easy. Thank you, Nancy, for producing the show and wrinkling the Space Cadets. Catch the live stream almost every Thursday while it lasts at 8 p.m. Eastern. Visit SpaceRadioShow.com for all the links. And of course, thank you again, Space Cadets, for listening. And remember, science is for sharing. End of transmission.